Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. While I was watching on my couch last night, I got a mosquito bite on my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) I was in an air-conditioned, like, central air apartment building. And I got a mosquito bite on my forehead. Putting you in your place. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So we're back on the beaches of Sayulita, Mexico, where the vaginas are not dancing and the men are all weeping. Maybe like 30% of this episode was just Colton crying, red-faced. But to be honest, when I sweat that much, I also cry uncontrollably. So I really related to that. Yeah, I mean, I was on board with the male tears. Four hours of paradise this week means we have so much Colton and Tia to catch up on. But also there's the Goose Gang and, of course, John Belie. That's Jubilee and John. There was enough material for at least three separate reality shows in these four hours. It's too much. But here to talk it all through with us, one of my favorite people and writers, an expert in art, wear pups, and of course, The Bachelor, our colleague Priscilla Frank. Hi, guys. This is my true dream to be here. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. She also brought mimosas. So, you know, maybe we'll all be just like a little looser today. Yeah. It's basically like Yuki made us a cocktail. Bas- except apparently her cocktails are disgusting. And this is <laughs> this delicious. This is delicious. And honestly, just what I needed. So, um, like, Wells made us a cocktail. <laughs> Wells claims not to be good at making cocktails, but I don't believe him. He's so good at spinning. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, where did we even start? Oh, my God. We started right back in the Chris and Goose Gang drama with... There's uh, so much happened. What's funny because it starts at pretty much the exact opposite place where it ends with Chris and the Goose Gang because it starts with Chris getting hyped up to confront Colton about playing with Tia's emotions. It is truly stunning how brazenly Chris managed to just make all of his male aggression about protecting Tia and then immediately turn around and not give a fuck about Tia. He gets so confident. His highs and lows are out of control. Mediocre white men, man. It's yeah. like They're it's kind just... of hard to watch because I, it's not that I relate to Chris, but there is a part of me when he 
like loathes himself and then turns around and is like, or I'm the best thing ever. And I'm like, I feel that. I feel that. There's no in between. Um, so finally Colton and Tia comes come back and Colton goes to talk to the Goose Gang. And um, they're like, what's your deal? Are you 100% committed to Tia? Are you exploring other options? He's like, uh, I'm not 100% committed to her as we spoke about. Yeah, and Chris is like, you can't do that, bro. You can't, uh, which is false. He can, and that is, in fact, the concept of paradise, as Chris later realizes. Um, and meanwhile, Portia is telling the girls that she, like, they had a great date. Astrid asked if her vagina danced. Seems like Tia feels like she, her vagina did this dance. a little story. <laughs> I mean, Tia did have a few moments of really standing up for herself, but I feel like they're really leaning into Tia just being duped by men. That is the yeah. theme of her story arc. And Poor Tia. It sucks. I do feel, like, a little irritated at the idea that Tia should stop liking someone just because it's not working out right away. Like, in the sense that it's, like, a, a failing of hers that she can't just pick the guy who likes her the most. I think women have to fight for the right to be really into someone who isn't liking them back. That doesn't mean that she can, like, force herself on him. But I personally think it's okay to wallow and be like, he's the guy I really want, even if he doesn't. Like, it's like, oh, you should be embarrassed that you like someone who isn't fully committed just, to you. You can't just flip a switch and be like, well, I realize this person isn't into me. Therefore, I have no feelings for them and I will just jump ship. Yeah. To another man. You don't just stop liking someone just because they're not into you. And he I hasn't mean, really like, treated her badly. It would be one thing if he was playing with her emotions or lying to her. But so far, he seems like he's been relatively open with her and isn't really messing that much with her emotions. Or he hasn't done much wrong. Honestly, I felt like they both handled themselves pretty well. I agree. I think so, too. Um, I've, I'm already losing track of, of the... Uh, where we are in here. this, in this but story. he does, um, he sits her down at some point before the rose ceremony and is like, look, um, I like you, but I'm not really 100%. And she's like, well, that's what I'm really looking for. I really want you to be all in with this. And he says, well, unfortunately, I'm not, but I still would like to pursue things with you. And it was just this weird moment where... <laughs> A very healthy conversation, I thought, was being had because he was expressing what he wanted to date her, but also other people. She was expressing that she wanted to date him exclusively. And they were both like, well, neither of us is getting what we want. And that's just kind of something we have to deal with. Yeah, I was actually kind of impressed by it. Yeah, I rarely say that on this show. There was Tia got a lot of pushback for saying, you know, well, if you don't give, like, you know, if you don't commit to me, no one else is going to want to give you a rose. Not a not her best moment. But like in the end, like two seconds later, she was like, well, I understand. And I'm just going to have to say goodbye for my own good. And uh, thanks for telling me. Like it was just very mature on the whole. So if there are a couple of comments that weren't like ideal, I feel like and that's just how humans are. So much worse communication on this show. I mean, and we my will goodness. Later and we certainly will, even in these, you know, four hours of television. Um, yeah, as you said, I thought both of them actually expressed pretty clearly what they wanted. And that's a thing that happens. Sometimes people aren't quite on the same page and they both want things that the other person can't quite give. And that's just something that you have to deal with 
when you are dealing with other human beings. Yeah. I feel like one of my only issues with Tia was that she was so forceful with Colton about being the first choice and going all in when she was so clearly juggling two guys herself. Yeah. I mean, I think that she was trying to hedge her bets with Chris. Yeah. And because she wasn't sure if Colton was going to come through. And if he had been like, it's you, she would be like, Chris who? I don't. No, 100%. Sure. Yeah. Who's who? Who's who? So, and, I mean, I think it's funny that Colton was getting a lot of backlash before this even aired for actually being interested in Tia, even while he was dating Becca. It was all about getting on Paradise and hooking up with Tia. And now that he's in Paradise, everyone is mad at him for not being into Tia and still being into Becca. It's like this guy can't win. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I really didn't trust him the entire season of The Bachelorette and thought he was so full of it. And now I feel like I'm seeing him for the first time and he's just been so probably too honest the entire he's time. He's also been pretty consistent. Yeah. And I also yeah. didn't trust him for so long. And yeah. I'm looking back kind of thinking, is there a real reason I didn't? He's too there, pretty. He, <laughs> there is something that I still and it mainly has to do with why does he keep trying to date famous women? And that still makes me wonder a little bit. However, they're all trying to date famous people on this show. So at a certain point, you just have, have to, to let that let that let judgment that go. go. Um, also, Colton's lisp, like really cute, slight lisp, is not something that I noticed on The Bachelorette, yeah. and I'm really noticing it on Paradise, and I find it endearing. I feel like that's he was here, neither here nor there. Controlled and rehearsed <laughs> on The Bachelorette and on Paradise, he's. A little more loosey-goosey. A little more weepy. Mm-hmm. Letting, letting it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about th- just briefly how Chris uh, did karate kid poses in the sunrise wearing a headband with a rising sun on it? He manages to make me hate him more and more when I don't think it's possible. It's, a, it's like I don't know if I hate him more when he is acting aggressive or when he's just feeling full of confidence. And <laughs> <laughs> They're both bad. Both really bad. <laughs> Um, he gives this monologue that's like, the goose is one of a kind, and he is I, and I am, I am him. The goose is here, baby. Got the short shorts going, got the headband on, like the karate kids sweeping those ladies <laughs> off their feet. What is he talking about? I have no idea. Do we know when he started the goose thing and why? It seems like I still after can't figure it out. The Bachelorette, but also why would you choose that nickname? It's not flattering. Also, geese are terrible animals. Geese are bad animals. It symbolizes like being the butt of a joke or being like silly. It doesn't come with a lot of positive connotations like eagle or tiger. It's just like you don't think what goose, goose are sexy animals. <laughs> It's a turtle goose. <laughs> um, I mean, they do have uh, really long necks. Yeah, Maybe girl. That's <laughs> oh, baby. You know what they say about long, long necks. necks. I mean, it's uh, do they? Maybe they do. Maybe yeah, he's trying horrible. to start that. Um, meanwhile, uh, John finds a date card for Kenny. And Kenny um, gets really excited uh, and finally asks out Crystal. Um, Love how he kissed everyone's hand. So sweet. Like the, I adore Kenny. The minute he yeah. was at the center of the the dating attention, he was just like flirting and like throwing lines at people, kissing hands. He was like, I was born to shine in this moment. He's very performative. Oh yeah. The wrestling. Which makes right, which makes complete sense yeah. in his career. 
um, he ends up carrying Crystal away after asking her on the date. <laughs> she has some sort of foot injury? Yeah, she stepped on a rock. Right. Yeah, we learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you guys feel about this date that Kenny got to go on? I was sort of on board with a date that showed off Kenny's skills. Yeah, so they go to a <laughs> Lucha Libre uh, show, which is kind of a Bachelor in Paradise staple because it's this fun, also, like, Mexican culture-specific I was going to say, it's a genuinely fun thing to do in Mexico. Yeah, and, like, Kenny is great for it because he knows all about it. He knows all about the history and, like, the dynamics. He seems to speak Spanish also. At least enough to At banter with some, the, uh, yeah. the people on stage. But I also felt sort of like every single date we've ever seen Kenny on has been a wrestling date. That's true. Like, yeah. can he ever just have a romantic date where they go get margaritas and... That is a very fair point. That mm-hmm. was just my first reaction. I did wonder, though, I feel like the last wrestling date we saw him on, we hardly got to see him do any wrestling. And so I wonder if he was sort of reveling in the fact that yeah. he got to sort of show off. Was that planned, do you think? I yes. think so. Okay. That he When he just grabbed the chair, I was like, wow. <laughs> things have taken a turn. Priscilla was on board. <laughs> yeah. She's like, wrestling's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think he just got really upset, and he saw a weapon, and he just went in. (laughs) It happens on all his dates, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, apparently. I was kind of surprised that, like, did did he rehearse was the question I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Did he rehearse, or was it like, you're going to go to this show, like, you'll be the audience plant, they'll, like, they'll engage you and then just like get up there and freestyle you know what I mean it could have gone either way yeah what's the deal with the chairs was that a regular chair or do they oh, just no, shatter those are prop chairs yeah okay. that's For a prop sure. chair yeah that's a big thing in wrestling okay I don't know which much. I do not watch I only watch <laughs> glow and I now think yes. I am a complete expert in <laughs> wrestling as we learned from well actually I always had a really hard time watching wrestling before glow because I hate violence even if it's entertainment violence and now that I have watched Glow, I watch wrestling and I'm like, oh, they're literally not at all hurting each other in any yeah, way. Yeah, I have such a, a better understanding. Thank you, Glow, for the education. Yeah, I thought of it as being sort of like boxing, but rigged. And it turns out it's, it's nothing not like boxing. like boxing at all. Mm. Um, they're fully just not hitting each other. Um, so that was cute. It seemed like he really enjoyed it. So I forgave and the show for Crystal giving him another seemed, wrestling Crystal day. seemed in awe of him, which <laughs> I, I enjoyed. I mean, Kenny's just, Kenny's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so lovable. And um, they did have, like, the, the fitness power couple vibes going on. A lot of these fitnessy guys are just really into Crystal's quote-unquote lifestyle. So. <laughs> yeah. I know. I get it. No one wants to just, like, be really fit and then date a girl who sits on the couch all the time drinking wine, whatever. <laughs> I don't understand. Let her show so. you how fun it is. You'll like it. <laughs> no. um, I've never found that to be the case. Um, Kenny and Crystal share a very sweaty kiss at the end of their date after Kenny has defended her honor in Lucha Libre. And he says, traditionally, after defending her in a fight, the the luchador will give his mask to his lady because she's the only one who can see his but true there face. there is no mask here. I can only give you my mouth <laughs> as a gift. Oh, and I Crystal's have like, to give. I take it. Yeah, we get a little of the old the Crystal. Like, <laughs> no, that's the... Yeah. 
She says that she was just hoarse or whatever. That wasn't her real voice, obviously, but she wasn't faking it. It's clearly her dude voice, and she uses it when she wants a dude to be into her. It's so obvious. Meanwhile, back at the house, Jordan is courting Annalise. Jordan came in hard the first day with Annalise. He's like, my mom loves you. You're a beautiful flower. You're everything I want in a wife. And at first, Annalise seemed a little unsure, but then she's She's like... She's in. She's like, this is my... She's like, I'm 33. I'm ready to come out of this, engaged, and have babies. Why not this 25-year-old model? (laughs) Who cares? He seems into it. Um, And he's making effort. You know, he sets up up a dinner for her, uh, tells her she's brilliant. He, He loves people who are talented with their hands. Well, she tells him she's an artist. And, like, everything she says, he just performatively freaks out. She says, oh, I'm an artist. I refinish furniture. And he's like, oh, my God. Wow. Oh, oh, my God. So I'm just like, the thing about me is I'm obsessed with people who are talented with their hands. That's crazy. That's he's inspired. inspired. I, I did find Annalise's um, painting Instagram account. She's pretty good. Ooh, send. I believe it. Um, so, yeah, so she's very talented with her hands. And Jordan is talented with his brows. So, in a way, they, they could go together. be mm-hmm. a physically talented power couple. They're also wearing matching shades of violent pink. <laughs> um, so, I was in. I was like, I see it. He just wants someone to s- blonde and cute to sit on a couch with, with white wine and watch chick flicks. And I think Annalise will be willing to settle for that at this point. <laughs> She's so desperate I mean, to be engaged. I want better for Annalise. I mean, yes. I Honestly, I don't think this is the place for her. And everyone keeps talking about this amazing track record that Paradise has. But at this point, it's really two couples out of four seasons. Two are married. Yes. Um, Adam and Raven have been together for more than a year. That's true. And they live together. They just moved in. Okay, mm. fair enough. But, like, that isn't a better track record than, say, The Bachelorette. <laughs> Which has been like the past five seasons or so has ended in a relationship. It's still less than one couple per season. So the idea that these people all come in being like, I'm basically guaranteed a marriage and kids out of this is just wild to me. Yeah, that is not accurate. <laughs> no, not Everyone at thinks all. they're the at exception. least one baby per person. That's yeah. all they're asking. It's in the contract. Yeah. We won't pay you, but we will saddle you with a child for sure. Um. And she uh, she's pretty much won over. She thinks that he's not just like a model. He is deeper. He's sweet. He's romantic. He's someone who looks for those little moments and definitely will not throw her under the bus the minute that another hot yeah, blonde Yeah, definitely comes in. not. Jordan definitely would not. never. He seems like a quite a selfless person. He's really so. dedicated. <laughs> I wish that she painted him while she had the chance. He would have been such a beautiful <laughs> muse. That. Yeah. I bet there are lots of photos for her to work from. That's and they true. all have variations on the same pensive face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the Clint Eastwood is sort of like the pensive gentleman. Except. But with more with squints. Squint. Yeah. Yeah, it's the squinting. Did you practice squint. it? I tried. Um, I did, but it doesn't look the same when I do it. As when Jordan, also, you know, I'm not trying to <laughs> squint short, unnecessarily. Yeah. I don't need more Let's be honest. fine lines. Okay? I'm not trying to look like Clint Eastwood over here. <laughs> That's not me. Um, Nor am I trying to look like Jordan. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting seeing the difference between male model moves, and I can just imagine a female model being like, "I try to make my face be as totally flat as possible while still somehow conveying an emotion." Smizing, <laughs> smizing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, your face is is your job. You can't be putting wrinkles in it. Um, so at this point, uh, Yuki shows up. Remember Yuki? Yuki. I do. Yeah. From <laughs> Emma's like, I'm not into it. No, I no. I am into it. I'm I, I'm into the whole Winter Games crew, so I'm here for, yeah. you know, as many of them as possible being included. She's like the bravest person on the planet. I, I just can't I believe know. she thinks yeah, this is yeah. fun. I know. It's she's just so a translator with her the whole time. I couldn't Still. even do it as a contestant or as Wells someone who is fluent in the language everyone else is using, I would still be exhausted and miserable all the time. And the fact that she's, like, going through a translator, she's trying to, like, pick up things with I her limited Yuki English. I think has more energy than anyone I've ever met. It's incredible. Yeah. She's unreal. I Except love for her. maybe Jenna. Really up there. Except yeah. you add the extra element of the constant translation and trying to learn a new language, and I have to give it to Yuki. That's fair. Yeah. She has to expend more energy. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin had a thing sort of going with Crystal because, again, a fitness guy who liked her lifestyle. And he's like, I don't know. I think she's going to be into Kenny after this. I have to move on. Let's try. Let's try Astrid. And suddenly he and Astrid are a couple. And we see very little from them the rest of the two episodes, except that they seem to be doing great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At some point, a, a new girl comes in and talks to Kevin. He's like, I'm with Astrid. It's pretty solid. Yeah, and, like she was your backup, but like sure. Kevin does seem sort of like the commitment type. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, from what we've seen of him, he's very hard to read for me. Yeah, I don't really get his vibe, but I, I like get it. the sense that he generally lets the girls sort things out for him, and then he's like, "Whoever I end up with is fine." Yeah, I'll marry them. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever, sure. <laughs> but he was engaged to the Canadian Bachelorette. Yeah, he, he won, won the Bachelorette. He won the Bachelorette. So mm-hmm. and then like the Ashley thing, I don't think it's necessarily a long term thing, but he's like, well, I'm on the show here. I might as well just like whatever hot girl wants to be with me. I will definitely just be with her. It's fine. Yeah. And Astrid seems like fun. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. her. She feels like she's been sort of like a house mom, like st- sorting through everyone's emotions <laughs> right. and, and articulating all of them. She's yeah. one of our rotating set of narrators. Her and Bibby are really picking up some of that some of that job. Yeah. Oh, I want to point out a weird bit of editing, which is that at uh, Tia, before the rose ceremony, is feeling really good about Colton. She's like, we're in a good place. But then we get footage of Colton throwing a football with Angela and then cut back to Tia being like, I need to talk to Colton. I need to figure this out. And that's when they have their conversation but about. this is edited out of order as someone. Yes. Many because people she pointed is out. wearing this off the shoulder white lace dress that we later see she's wearing at the rose ceremony. So clearly she, Tia didn't see her playing football with Colton, thus sparking that conversation that happened later. It was very. So it does kind of seem like Tia turned on a dime. I feel like it must have been edited very creatively to to show that arc of Tia being fine and then concerned and needing to talk to Colton. But I'm sure that something happened they just didn't feel like showing us. Um, And then it's rose ceremony time. Finally. Chris Harrison asks the men if they want to go home or fight for their lives. (laughs) (laughs) That is a choice. That is in fact the choice. I wish there were just a lip sync battle. Um, I'd be here for that. Can there be a lip sync battle date? That would be fun. Um, I mean, I'm like, yes, I'm in charge. It's going to happen. Well, as long as I have your approval, it's all that matters. (laughs) Um, so we have the evening cocktail party where every, all the guys are jockeying for those last minute roses. Um, 
Annalise promises her rose to Jordan. Um, Nick tries to talk to Chelsea. Remember Nick? Um, and it goes possibly even worse than the first conversation between them that, that we saw. He's like, I think it's good. We established a good connection, but I just want to make sure that we have a more in-depth one. And immediately he walks her over um, to a private place to talk. And he's like, I'll, gra- I'll grab your hand. And she's like, fuck, no, you're grabbing everything else. <laughs> So he's groping her before they even start talking. Oh, so God. cute. Uh, I know, uh, adorable. Like, what I established with you in five minutes is pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that he's super attracted to her. He thinks she's a snack. All snack. I can picture is the just the penetrative hand motions. <laughs> it wasn't yes. even penetrative. It was like... No, but they kind of... It was yeah. erotic. It was the scissoring. It was scissoring. Mm-hmm. It was disturbing, whatever it was. If a hand could fuck another hand that's what it would look like i think like that's the closest you can get except for the the finger in the hole (laughs) (laughs) lest you forget (laughs) i feel like that's that's more like sign language yeah Um, that would be a bolt move (laughs) (laughs) like if he was just like as as i'm sure you you realize priscilla was doing the finger into the tunneled hand gesture um can you imagine if he was sitting there like chelsea i'm so Miming intercourse with this. Um, there's no other Next reason time. to do that with your hand. Um, so, I do feel like that was essentially what he was going for anyway. For, yeah, but like so slightly just be more open subtle, about it. Slightly more subtle. I mean, there's no subtlety on this show. It's Bachelor in Paradise, Claire. <laughs> they have 18 days to get engaged and married and make a baby. So he sits down with her and is like, what I established with you in five minutes is pretty impressive. And this has been, like, more stressful than my real job. What's his job? He's a lawyer. Jesus. How is this man an attorney? What have we missed? <laughs> um, and at that they wrap things up. Chelsea looks deeply unimpressed. And he walks away being like, I'm confident I'm getting a rose. If I don't after that, I have no business being here. There's been zero Bye-bye. evidence that Chelsea feels anything positively towards this person. It's it's astonishing. I've never seen someone quite so incapable of reading social cues yeah. from women specifically because it seems like he gets along great with the all men. All the men. All the men love him. Um, Joe is meanwhile trying to solidify his relationship with Kendall. The men are on the chopping block. Two men are going home. Probably not going to be Joe, but he's he's making his moves. They they toast and he says cheers and she says to what? And he pauses for what feels like 45 seconds. And Joe then takes he his says time. to us. <laughs> A creative I response. I think he's as dumb as a box of pears. <laughs> I think he's extremely dumb. Um, and she's like, oh, that's nice. And then they just laugh a lot. And I think mostly she's just laughing at the fact that he's not that smart. But she she feels like it's his he's genuine He's very charm. cute, though. He's so cute. Oh, my God. You he's, hate him? No, he's cute. And that's, like, frustrating because I knew this was going to happen, that everyone was going to put all their eggs in the Joe basket I'm still knowing sort, nothing I'm still about kind him. Of into it. But he doesn't seem douchey. He, he does seem genuine. douchey to me. Like, really? So. He's always oh, making comments like, she's hot, she's got a good body, I like her hair and her face and her butt. <laughs> I'm like, Joe, that's like the only thing that you can say other than like, you're cool, like I like you. <laughs> Cheers to you. Cheers, he said. You. Don't forget. Or like when Kendall says something interesting at all, he's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. You make a compelling argument, and yet his smile still blinds me. Well, exactly. Yeah. And this is why, like, cute white dudes get away with everything. I know. It's not fair. Yeah. Um, 
But Colton has, I feel like when Colton talks, I'm just so weary of everything he says. I don't trust it's him. It's true. Why do I automatically a, trust Joe? Yeah. It's like you're watching Leonardo DiCaprio just like <laughs> be like, you're cute. And it's suddenly like the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. I don't it's know. It's like, why would you doubt Leo? Leonardo DiCaprio specifically, <laughs> not yeah, the other well, one, who I, I do doubt very much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that I get suspicious of men very easily. It takes just so little for mm-hmm. me to be like, I no longer trust this man. Um, it's probably a good instinct. Yeah. Um, and uh, Chris uh, sort of is trying to lock down Tia. Um, he's really upset that Colton is still treating her like a toy he takes on and off the shelf. This is a, a running theme. I feel like they all sat down and they were like, how do we feel Colton is treating Tia? Like a, like, like, like a toy. Like a toy. It's like a doll. It's like a doll and you like take it off the shelf and then you put it ba- down and then you put it back on the shelf. And, and you like, put it in your pocket and then you take it out of your pocket. We all know like, what happens with dolls. <laughs> I still have that doll. It's still on my shelf. Yeah. Just sitting there waiting for me to come take it off the yeah. shelf. I keep it in, in my, my back pocket. pocket until I want to make out with it. <laughs> I take it out. That's what you do with the dog. <laughs> We're all still talking about the same I thing. I stroke right? her hair. Yeah, 100%. Still, still talking about the same thing. I cry. I kiss it. I say, I love you so much. And then I put her back on the shelf where she belongs. <laughs> on the shelf. Um, so Colton also, or Chris also thinks that uh, Colton is like a book, the same old book that Tia has been reading, and it's time to pick up a new one. It's like, has he never heard of the classics, my man? <laughs> yeah, or like finishing the book. It was just like stop reading the book and pick up a new one. It's like where are you in the book? Yeah, the way most people consume great literature. It's like you've been reading that book for like six hours, man. Put it down. It's old news. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Colton and Tia at this point have their their big talk um, and and resolve that they are going to go their separate ways sort of while still being on the beach together. And um, and she's like, well, I thought I'd give Colton my rose this morning, but things have changed and it's time to like look elsewhere. Um, So she talks to Chris. Chris got her sweet tea to make her feel at home. He wants to make her feel like a queen. Just more evidence that just because a guy does nice stuff for you doesn't mean you should trust them. And in fact, you should trust no one. (laughs) Absolutely no one. Especially not Goose. Yeah. (laughs) No one who names themselves. It's like if a man was like, I'm Squirrel. I'm Rat. Like the Rat Gang. Why? Like, it's just me. The the all my my least favorite creatures. (laughs) Squirrels are cute, though. Oh, no. No. They're just... I'm sorry. They're just all like Not they're really. it's overrun. I always forget that that Emma hates mice and squirrels are basically big mice with tails. Yes, I hate mice. Um mice Very are cute much. too. I'm sorry. No, it's a common no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like any creatures that no that are in infestations in New York City. They lived here first, Emma. I don't care. They lived here I first. I, yeah, I still have an irrational phobia. Of I them. think we're infesting New York City if you That's really think about also it. Also accurate, and yet I have. <laughs> and yet, yeah. um, so uh, Colton makes a, a last ditch effort to talk to Angela, who I thought was really into him. She was really flirty with him. She was pulling out all her "I like sports too" cards. Interestingly, I think Angela really does care about what the other women think, and she wants to make friends. She seems to have connected pretty well with other people, and so I think she just sort of felt like, "Why would I stick my neck out yeah. and get involved in this?" Mm-hmm. 
That's true. I think I think we often do actually see that from people who have barely been on the show is that they are very eager to be like, I'm part of this. Like, I'm part of the gang. Hey, guys. And they're like, who are you? And they're like, no, I'm here now and I'm cool. And Angela is all in on that. She wants to be part of the gang. Um, so she's sort of like, I heard some stuff and I'm not so sure that I should give you my rose. So he uh, goes up to the goose gang to find out who bashed him to Angela and it was Nick apparently and maybe all of them he didn't bash though no he didn't bash he was just like Colton is here for Tia and also sucks and is still in love with Becca he doesn't know what he wants he this is paradise you just can't do that you have to know who you want come in be laser focused on them the yeah, whole you time you have to know exactly who you want until you have the rose and then attractive. you get to play the field that's how it works um, and uh, then it's time for the rose ceremony. Um, Crystal gives her rose to Kenny, Astrid to Kevin, Tia to Chris, Kendall to Joe, Annalise to Jordan. Then we get into some of the people that we didn't have any idea were talking to each Nisha other. Nisha and Eric. I'm upset that Nisha and Eric have gotten no screen time. Well, apparently they don't really have a romantic connection. We learn later in the episode. Right. But I'm saying them as individuals right. have gotten no screen time. It's a little disappointing. I am curious whether either of them had something else going on that we could have seen. But she gives her rose to Eric. Chelsea gives her rose to David. Apparently, I, I remember a quick cut where they did talk once. But that's how not into Nick Chelsea is. Yeah. She spoke to Such David one time, <laughs> and there's no chance that Chelsea ends up with David. And she's like, yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him my or rose. Or Chelsea. These are some terrible options. Uh, Angela gives her rose to John, and Bibby gives her rose to Colton, so that because he deserves to be there and find Bibby love. Bibby is just there to stir shit up. This was such a producer move. Oh yeah, I think that you know we discussed this, but Bib- it seems like Bibby probably would have given her rose to Wills otherwise. Yeah, that's probably. Sad. Uh, but yeah. someone convinced her to not do that. Yeah, it's about because I feel like earlier in the episode we saw Bibby talking with some of the others about how Colton just needed to go home, mm-hmm. and then half an hour later she's like, "Colton, you deserve you to deserve stay and this find chance. love." And I do think she's friendly with Will's, who deserves to stay so much more and is amazing. And I want to see more of his outfits. Also, there are just a handful of people that, like David, didn't need to be there. David, did yeah, why not would need David? To be there. I do wonder if Chelsea sort of thought that Bibby was gonna pick Will's. Or something like I that. I think they all did. They seemed really shocked. Right. And so she was like, well, I guess I'll save David. I don't know. Like, we do, we saw so little of all these people that I have no, we have idea, no idea what, what their motivations were, were. Yeah, do they all know? They don't know who the other one's going to pick beforehand? They, so they don't, like, double they up? They can talk about it. Like, the, I think the women or the men tend to have conversations with each other. But, you, you know, people can always play, keep, their, play cards. their cards close to the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did all seem really shocked that she picked Colton. And I think it was probably relatively last minute that the producers were like, listen, Becca is going to be here tomorrow and you really need to keep Colton here for us. And I think Bibiana just didn't care that much. Yeah. And she was like, sure. Like, no skin off my nose to to keep Colton. I'm not interested in any of these guys. So, sure. Um, and so it's goodbye to Wills and Nick. Who I was really happy to see depart. I was, but we were robbed of Wills. Yeah, yeah it's a bummer. I am happy for Nick that he's going to go back to 
his real job, his much less stressful life as an attorney. <laughs> um, it'll be a vacation after this. Um, and uh, Colton is like, this is my time to move on. I'm going to have some peanut butter. I'm going to work out. I'm not Tia's Colton. I'm not Becca's Colton. I'm Colton's Colton. And I'm here to enjoy paradise, baby. <laughs> Good for him. Colton is just sort of like winsome. It's like he's it's like he's the sweet Southern Belle type woman. Like he says the things that that kind of character would say sometimes. Totally. But it's like, like a from big a Hallmark movie. Monkey man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he does have a very innocent naivete about him. Yeah. And he's like, what and if I was my own man and I wasn't defined by a woman? And I'm like, I love that you even have to say that. Um, gender equality. Colton is such a crazy thing to say. And he just looks so like, like he's just had this sunburst of realization that he belongs to himself. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with... More on VIP, all the ladies coming in, and of course, Venmo John's shining moments. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like 
vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Springtime vibes are in the air. And when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture 
recently our new couch and my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So obviously it's time to blow things up because Chris Harrison is here with a surprise and Angela, our resident bachelor expert. She is an expert. She knows things are about to get crazy if Chris Harrison's here, right? What an Someone idiot. is here. Oh, but first, all the men have to depart because this is ladies only time. Yeah. Hey. And it's Becca. Becca's here. I couldn't even get excited for that. Um, I thought we were done with The Bachelorette. Me too. I feel sort of bad. I mean, I shouldn't because, like, she's famous and is making a ton of money from, like, SpawnCon and stuff. I do always feel sort of bad for The Bachelorette after it's over. And everyone's like, oh, my God, get off our TV screens. We hate you now. But I do want her to get off my I TV don't screen. hate Becca. I, I just want to move on. I want to. Yes, I want to. I wish on. her all the happiness in the world. But I want to move on. I feel like it would be hard to be at Paradise and see her come to as just like the princess who now has everything. And you're just pathetically fighting over her leftover men. (laughs) (laughs) While sweating profusely. (laughs) To humiliate yourself. And she shows up fresh faced just out of the hotel. Happily engaged. And I don't think Becca has pores. So I know it's insane. Um, it's reached the point I've been watching so much Bachelorette and, and uh, over the past few weeks that now when I see pores on my own face, I'm like, what are those? Like, shouldn't my skin be totally flat? Yeah, my friend Miriam um, was texting me last night being like, I really have to up my skincare routine because these women's faces are just... I'm just going to throw it out there. It's genetics. <laughs> I know. There's that is nothing. the problem. My skin will never be as nice as yeah. any of these women. <laughs> Especially on the beach. I don't know how they do it. Right. Oh, gosh. Within five minutes, I would just look disgusting. It makes me really uh, sad to see how hard they work to put on their makeup. And I'm like, guys, it's going to be gone real soon. They never get bug bites or weird rashes. I'm always I think some. I think sometimes yeah. they do. They must. Yeah, I... I don't know. It sounds Guys, like while Paradise I was is a watching, little bit of a rough, a rough time for self-care. While I was mm-hmm. watching on my couch last night, I got a mosquito bite on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I was in an air-conditioned, like, central air apartment building, and That's I bleak, got Claire. a mosquito bite on my forehead. Putting so. you in your place. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so uh, <laughs> Colton has spotted that it might be Becca. Kenny goes up to do recon. He comes back and is like, yeah, yeah, man, it's Becca. Sorry. Sorry to deliver the bad news, he says, grinning. Um, and Colton loses his shit. This was very sad. It was sad. I mean, I feel like Colton's narrative all through Becca's season was he doesn't really care about her. He's just trying to, like, bide his time for Tia. And it's really hard for me to believe that he could fake that many tears. Like, most people are not that talented. It wasn't like he got choked up. It wasn't like he rubbed his eyes a lot. He was sobbing. I think he was genuinely panicking. Yeah, I think he was really upset. Um, I'm not, yeah, I bought it. Maybe I'm a sucker, but I, I found him to be pretty genuine in, in these few episodes. And I found it to be pretty affecting also to to see this this guy they've sort of built up as this, like, football player or whatever. And he's he's just having a genuine reaction to a tough breakup that happened recently. Yeah, when yeah. he gave his speech about always having to be Mr. Perfect. Oh, my God. I wrote some of that down. It was so real. Um he was talking to David in his bunk. He, like, left the group because he was so upset and crying and talking to David. And he's like, I was in love and this breakup was really difficult, but I had to pretend that it was all good because I'm supposed to be perfect and this is supposed to be easy. I'm supposed to have the perfect everything. Oh, The pressure of being a hot white man no, it must, it's it must easy. Be to it's you. easy to forget that it can really weigh on on a guy. This is why feminism is good for everyone. It really is That's true. It be vulnerable, Colton. Don't have the perfect everything. And he is being vulnerable. Exactly. <laughs> He's spiraling out of control. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Me too. You know, see, Part this of is, it. This is why I think we need you know a bachelor like Blake who would just lose it and weep a lot. It's I'd true. like to watch that. Yeah. yeah, like watching Ari. I was like. Does Ari feel anything? anything? Emotions of any kind? I don't think so. He loves that. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, and meanwhile, Tia is talking to Becca, which it must be such a weird conversation because if I'm Becca, I'm like, you're already dating my ex. If I'm Tia, I'm like, I was really into this guy and you kind of like tossed him aside like garbage and I'm still obsessed with him. I would feel kind of lame. Like, I feel like this is just an awkward dynamic for both of them. And Becca kind of gets the the 411 from Tia that Colton is not okay. Not okay, that he isn't sure what he wants, that he's being wishy-washy with Tia. And so she sits down with Colton and he says, this has brought back feelings I didn't know I had. And she says, feelings for Tia? I thought she sounded a little annoyed at that. Like, I feel like Becca is struggling to, like, be a good friend to Tia, even though she really wanted Colton and Tia to not have a thing, like, a month ago. I mean, it sucks that her job is to come in here and, like, push Colton towards her. Right. Get out there, tiger. Yeah. Like, get with my friend, buddy. Um, Right, because they did have a longer relationship, or at least as long a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Presumably spent more in-person time together. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, like, she met his family. Like, they spent a day together in his hometown. Like, I feel like that must be very strange. 
Um, so then they talk about how uh, they didn't really talk things through when they broke up. And uh, she reassures him that Tia's uh, revelation did not, like, push her towards dumping him, which I feel is a complete lie. And I think Becca was looking for a reason to eliminate yes. someone. And that was... I think she felt fine that it would be Colton at that point. Yes. And that's enough. Do I think that Tia thing was a factor? Yes. However, <laughs> that you know, she doesn't need to tell him that. Um, some some things are better kept secret. Um and she tells him how, like, hard The Bachelorette was, and she hit really low points, but in the end it was rewarding and worth it. And, Colton, you're so strong. You, you just can have do to this. push through, buddy. Do you she's believe like, in love or not? Yeah. <laughs> Get out there. And she's like, it's, I find it really attractive that you cry and are imperfect. And I think I mean, all I those girls agree. will, too. Yeah. I, yes. too, find it attractive. Cry more, Colton. Yeah. <laughs> cry for us. <laughs> Um, and she's like, maybe this is the kick in the ass you need. And he's like, yeah, it was a big ass kick in the ass. It was so big. Um, suddenly he's like super chipper. They must have talked for kind yeah, of a while. Yeah, I think this was an extended yeah. conversation that got way edited down. Yeah. But it's interesting. I also feel like, I mean, maybe this will all play out, but it reminded me of of going through a, a breakup and being like, I can't do this. And then having a talk with the guy and by the end being like, it's good. I'm fine. But really a big part of that was just that I was high off of having his attention again. Totally. And then like afterwards, like the lo- the more that it's like, oh, that was just a breakup conversation. And now we are still not dating. I would kind of definitely lose that high. Like I think Colton is just like high off of having Becca's attention for a little bit again. Yeah. Her advice wasn't yeah. great. No. It was just kind of like, don't screw this Chin up. up buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Power through. Find love at all costs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your mental health, your happiness, doesn't matter. Sacrifice yourself <laughs> for this franchise. Sacrifice yourself to date someone. And uh, but he at this moment feels seems smiling, big, big smile, happy, comes up to the guys. He's like, I got closure. I'm ready to open and up. And meanwhile, all the men are like, Yeah, he should definitely go home. He's yeah. not stable enough. He wept once. He should leave this place. So that we don't have to deal with him as I was competition for s- our women. <laughs> that is the vibe I got. Oh, Definitely. 100%. <laughs> but I did kind of want him to to leave and then for them to be like, guess we'll have to bring Wills back. But that was a pipe dream. You guys, it wasn't going to happen. Um, and Chris is really upset that this is going to prevent him from finding love with Tia, um, which, sure. Uh, being a virgin, it's an emotional type of thing, says Chris. What the fuck is he talking about at any time? <laughs> Does he mean that that dating is an emotional type of thing when you're a virgin? Just that being a virgin is an emotional thing? I can I can say that it's really just a default state of being that does not make you emotional from day to day, uh, from my experience. I think we can all speak to our experience with that. And uh, Chris is like, well, the goose is not concerned. The goose is very concerned. Um, I wish the goose would stop referring to himself in the third person. I love it, honestly. I'm in. I'm calling him the goose now. Um, so uh, things are things are chill now. The rose ceremony's over. People are hanging out. Annalise is fully in on Jordan. She thinks he's going to be an amazing husband. Um, Narrator voice. He will not be an amazing husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's time to shake things up. We're getting like a deluge of women. There were only two extra men to be disposed of at the first rose ceremony. There are going to be like four women. 
extra women. Classic. It's so unfair. Yeah. Um, so here comes Jenna. She is wearing a two-piece millennial pink outfit, and her hair is also millennial pink. She looks quite good. It's, it's quite, about it's a to lot get of coconuts, and she's an alien. There's a lot going on. I There's feel like she's trying to do an Ashley S with all this, but it comes off as more like she's high. Like, she's I mean, like, I'm weird. I'm an alien, but I'm friendly. I can unzip my skin. And then she, like, jiggles her shoulders and then gets distracted, I think, by how fun it is to jiggle her shoulders <laughs> and starts just, like, jiggling them because it, like, feels good. And I was like, I've only seen people act like this when they were very high. Like, it's – but I think she's just like that Yeah, all the time. Oh, it yeah. seems to be quite genuine. I mean, all the women seem excited to see her. She seems really well-liked. And and they also kind of say, like, yeah, this is just how she is. This is her natural state of being. I cannot even begin to grasp it. It's I would be exhausted <laughs> after, you know, being her for five minutes. I'm yeah. exhausted being around people like that. Having her on my TV screen made me very tired. Um, that's nothing against her. It's more just my own personal, like, lack of energy. <laughs> As an earthling. <laughs> as it's an hard earthling, to relate to aliens sometimes. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. I was imagining myself trying to say a Coconuts-esque intro <laughs> bit, and that just takes so much confidence. I know. Just to buy yourself, like, dance and, yeah, Coconuts! I always think of that when they show a little edited clip of someone doing something like that and in the moment, and I'm like, they just had to stand there with a bunch of people staring at them silently. Yeah. And do that And thing. maybe do it again if and they're the- like, that wasn't like, quite right. <laughs> Maybe try a bunch of different stuff like that while there are just people staring at them with cameras in silence. There's no background music or, like, effects. Um, She's got that. She's got that special something. Uh, She walks in. Jordan immediately falls passionately in love with her. They look a lot alike. Which I think is exactly why Jordan is into her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's the most important thing to him. Also, someone says later that they had heard Jordan talking about how he's excited for when Jenna arrives. So clearly— Kevin says that he had said multiple times that morning that he hoped Jenna was coming that day. So it's not just that he was swept off his feet— it's that he courted Annalise really hard, assured her that he wanted to, like, get married to her after this, and was definitely just waiting for Jenna to come, which, not a great look. They kind of downplayed it, because I, I remember with Joe and Julia a few seasons ago, it was a big deal when he did that. Everyone just seems thrilled that these two have found each other. Yeah. Yeah. They might actually be a great match. Yeah. Him and Annalise didn't seem to really vibe that much. I think everyone loves Annalise, but sort of is like, Annalise, no, this is not, this is not not the dude for you. you. I honestly got the vibe, and this is, this is not fun for me to say, that they don't care that much about Annalise. Yeah. (laughs) That they like knew it was bad, that they didn't care, but they didn't care. That's true. Who says it later explicitly? Yeah. Yeah. Astrid says, people keep gushing and forgetting that Annalise is literally right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they seem to really like Jordan, most people. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. They seem to find Jordan amusing. Mm -hmm. And he is, to be clear, like a terrible person. And also is amusing. However... I do think that he and Jenna are a great match. And so I understand everyone being like, oh, my God, of course. Like, I see it. But it's it's just poor Annalise. Like, I feel like she just shouldn't be here. I feel like it, this isn't her scene. 
Um, and watching Jordan with Jenna is hysterical because they're just so reactive to each other. Like, she'll just, like, clap her hands and we'll be like, I love how you clap your hands. It's amazing because, like, that's what my eyes do when someone, like, says something. And I'm like, oh, my God, now you're just, like, doing it. And I love the way that you stick out your tongue. And oh Jordan's my God. like, you're hot. You're something. Oh, wow. It's like it's like a girl version of me. I love you. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Jordan just wants to date himself. Yes, definitely. Because he is a true narcissist. So this is this is perfect. And what he's dating is a version of himself who just laughs more and has breasts and has breasts. So like, it's not even that. Let's. It's not even that they're exactly the same. It's that every time that he says something like, "I want someone who understands the brows," she just laughs for like twenty minutes afterwards. And he's like, right? I'm really funny. I'm so funny. This is amazing. She's not just entertained by him. She gets him. She gets him. She, gets, she does All get him. She him. does yeah. get him. Um, he says, I'm subscribing to whatever she's got going on. That's all I know. Um, poor Annalise apparently spends the entire day talking with different women about how she's basically in that first flush of love when you're in a bubble and you two don't know about don't notice anyone else. She and Jordan are right there. They're just obsessed with each other. They're in their own little world. They're the strongest couple there. <sighs> Meanwhile, Jordan Rough. is telling Tia um, that he is, like, obsessed with Jenna. And uh, Jenna gives him the date card. The date— He doesn't even talk to Annalise. He doesn't talk to her. I mean, there was a lot of that this episode of people being like, I sort of thought he'd talk to me, but— that has not happened, I think, a single time no. yet. People it's... are just like, oh, I got asked on a date? Yep. Yeah, exactly. There's a point where uh, John is sit- sitting with Carolyn later <laughs> under his arm. That was brazen. Yeah, that's brazen. sucks. Julie walks up and asks him out, and he just, like, yanks his arm out from under. <laughs> Carolyn is like, great, yes, bye, and, like, doesn't even really. <laughs> She's like, should I go? <laughs> I really, okay, we'll get to that, but I really felt for Caroline yeah. in, in that um, moment. So they, she goes, uh, Jordan and Jenna go horseback riding. He has to boost her up by the butt cheeks, as she puts it. And uh, they they both enjoy that. And it's really nice for them. Um, he asked what made her the way she is. And she's like, I had a big family. And he's like, I love the huge smile you give when you're about to answer a question. I just love that so much. It's like it doesn't, he doesn't even ma- listen to he the answer. He doesn't listen to the answer. And it doesn't matter because she doesn't seem to care if he's listening to the answer. Totally. They both just want excuses to talk about how much they love each other's reactions and to like laugh a lot. Yeah, when he, he keeps talking about her clapping when she laughs and him doing that with his eyes, is that blinking? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was uh, laughing through a mouthful of mimosa. Um, I, am, I kept imagining him crossing his eyes and then uncrossing him. <laughs> As as being a, a clapping motion. Yeah, I kept thinking of like a song that was like, make those eyes clap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, back at the house, Annalise is uh, s- slowly losing her mind. At first, she's like, I'm still confident. I think we're definitely going to build off of this and get engaged at the end of this. She's like, I'm going to have a ring on this finger at the end. And then by the end, she's like, oh, no, this is not happening. Oh, no. Jordan and Jenna just have a lovely time. He says, Jenna has the potential to take me off the market, which is just the highest compliment a man can give. All those Tinder matches. 
It's a, it's a big sacrifice. How for will him. the market yeah. bear up under his loss? <laughs> to be honest, who are all those women going to be matching with? And it will plummet. <laughs> he's the only person who lives in his town in Florida, apparently, other than manatees. So it's going to be really tough. Um, and uh, they make out on the beach, et cetera, et cetera. Jordan is is ready to propose, basically. And uh, finally, they arrive back after making out heavily outside the door. And she's we wearing only a, a tiny we bikini. We need to talk about all of this making out. <laughs> there was so much. There was so much. Yeah. The neck kissing the neck was kissing. so... I was cringing. I was trying to hide in my couch, just burrow between the cushions... And I don't usually react that strongly to people making out on this show. We've seen it a lot, but this I was not just to think of Jordan as sexual. Very in any particular. Way. I think of him as being like a Ken doll in every way, and I'm a mean very that quite aggressive literally. kisser. It was just, a lot. it was everywhere. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I I Priscilla cute. is very sex positive. I I'm like Jordan to positive. consider <laughs> myself sex positive yeah. as well, and I could not. I'm a radical. It was too I much. approve of Jordan's sexuality. <laughs> I approve of Jordan's sexuality. I would just like to witness less of it. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, just like don't shove it down my throat, you know, Jordan. God. Um, so they waltz in. Anna, uh, Annalise uh, is sitting there, and uh, he takes her aside. Um, to break the news as gently as he knows how by saying his day with Jenna was awesome. The romantic connection was awesome. He spent more time with Jenna than he'd ever spent with Annalise, to be fair. And also, he had this crazy romantic connection with Jenna that never happens. And so it just will be really hard to catch things up with him and Annalise. But, like, I'm going to give her my rose. And But, but, but if Jenna dumps him, then he will save a place for Annalise on his sub bench. Because he likes her as a person. <laughs> he thinks she deserves to find love. And if he can give it to her as a consolation prize because Jenna dumped him, then what at least he'll have done one good thing in his life. He'll be like, who's that guy in A Tale of Two Cities? And be like, it is a far better thing I'm doing today than I've ever, <laughs> ever done, done before. She's giving my broken, bloodied heart to this woman who's fine, really, but like, and deserves, deserves love. I appreciated that he made the move to pull her aside and be direct. And yet, <laughs> so direct. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps one should deliver news like this with just an ounce of sensitivity to the, to the other person's feelings. Yeah, like, and Jordan, it was nuts. It was insane. He was like, it, it was, was so good. It was the best ever. date I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like this happens. It was magic. You exist. It, but this, it was magic. It was such magic. Our time I won't does be not giving you at all. Yeah. He was like, here's the thing. It's definitely you and that you did not strike me as being as good as Jenna in any way. And I just want to be really clear that, like, if I can't get the thing I really want, I will go back for some of this lesser thing you've got going on. But it's definitely you. And I'm, I just want to be honest. Like, it was... Like, why? Why? What purpose says, did it serve? I'm very perceptive. And I think Jenna's going to wait for this to play out with me because I have literally already told her that she's getting my rose. <laughs> I'm very perceptive. I mean, Jenna, I mean, honestly ends up playing the field more than I expected already. But there are four women on the chopping block this week. Of course, she's going to accept a rose. Well, exactly. It doesn't require, um, you know, a depth of perception. No, <laughs> and which Jordan doesn't have. Um, Absolutely anyway. not. So, 
poor Annalise is blindsided. She's upset. She's in tears. She's scared that she might have missed out on that forever person. I don't know who she's referring to here, but I really hope it's not Jordan. <laughs> like at that point to be like, that is the man that would have been my forever person. And I missed out. It's sad. Yeah. I'm a great guy. Um, it really seems so far like every person who goes on a date after they've already gone on one is just like I'm I'm with the new person now. Like yeah, it's fully very just short term yeah. memory crew. <laughs> but a lot of good people. Yeah. I mean they're really elevating the game as it as it goes on. So um and at this point David decides to make a little play for Jenna. David. It's her birthday. So he brings her a cake with candles. At this point, David's just going for anyone who shows interest in Jordan. He, he already, already sat had, down yeah, yeah. with Annalise earlier. Like, David, just stop. I mean, I suppose at this point, David had not seen how negative the reaction to his behavior was. True. And I wonder if he had he would have perhaps backed off a bit. Or at least not used the exact same line, line on Annalise, which is Jordan would settle for you. He also said to Jenna, I'm an honest guy. He has he just has a set of lines that is he uses to describe himself and to describe Jordan. And he just recycles them. Makes Jordan look so good. It's insane. I know. It's hard and to Jordan do. isn't yeah. good, but yeah. David does himself no favors. They're they're both really bad. Um and like it's a shame because I do think that Jordan felt like he would be settling for Annalise if that's what played out. Um but I couldn't buy that from David at all because that's clearly just his line that he uses. Um, but now he's now he's going in on uh, on Jenna. And he's like, listen, I'm very interested in you. I think you're so great. Tell me why you took Jordan on a date. Like, walk me through your reasoning. And she's like, oh, well, Jordan's fun. And it was fun. And he's like, well, listen, I also like fun. As evidenced by this conversation. Isn't it <laughs> it's so <a> fun? <laughs> which is probably the most fun I've had in years. Um, but I'm not just here for a summer fling, and I bet you're here for something more serious, which is not something I pick up on from Jenna, Jenna at all. No, Jenna is here for a black box. One hundred percent. And Jordan finally notices that the woman he has clearly already decided he's going to marry is talking with David. So he sidles up. And this is where David really gets to shine um, by saying, you missed her birthday celebration. I'm glad we got to celebrate your birthday around 40 times. And Jordan's face is just darkening (laughs) by the moment. Jenna's like, my birthday ended. And David's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's still fun. Well, we still got you a cake. So I think we killed it. And we We love this cake. It's the best. Shut up, Jenna. You're not important here. This This is between me and Jordan and the birthday and the holiness of birthdays in general. (laughs) It's like, I love birthdays so much. It's so important to me. I'm really glad we got to celebrate it. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but like, I really liked celebrating your birthday with you. And I'm really glad. Yeah. so meaningful. Jordan just like sits there silently until David leaves, um, wraps things up, says goodbye. He's like, mission accomplished. I love where David goes, things do change. Things do change. It's so sinister. <laughs> There's this running theme of people just being like, things change so quickly in paradise, don't they? It's like, like a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and but what, what, what David learn... means is that suddenly I will show interest in every yes. girl that Jordan is dating just to make him squirm just a little bit. But as we learn, Jordans don't sweat David's. Um, he says this to Jenna, which is bad tactical. Like, it's a bad tactic to but be Claire, like, I'm not worried about you. I don't think I have any competition for you, and it's fine. And Jenna's just like, okay, well, he seems really nice, and I like his sense of humor, and he's serious about a relationship, so I think he seems great, actually. And I'm like, Jordan, you, you set this up for her. But Jordan means that in the least arrogant way. So she just has to take it the right way. Of course. I love how in Paradise, if you say you have a sense of humor and it's important to you, then that's like the equivalent of making a joke. She's like, he clearly has a sense of humor because he talked about humor. I, too, say that I like humor, so we both are very funny. (laughs) It's true. It's like saying that you want to be engaged is the same thing as being good at commitment. Totally. Like, everything is just described, listing your resume. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Jenna's like, okay, well, I'm, I may be interested in David now. And he's like, oh, well, he got you a cake. That's smooth. I kind of feel like throwing it. And she's like, do it. I love that. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Throw the fucking cake. And he does throw it, but not hard enough. So he throws it again. Throws it again. I mean, it looked like delicious cake, but it seemed like she'd already had a lot of it. So fair. Um, if someone got me a delicious cake and then someone else, like, destroyed it, I'd be really this, upset. So this part then leads into Jordan's <laughs> extended monologue in which he tries to draw an analogy between him and David to Mr. Rogers. First he's like, I don't know what his issue is. I don't know if it's because I matched with his mom on Tinder or oh. what. I mean, he might have. He matched with every other woman in the entire <laughs> world on Tinder. Um yeah, and then he's like, he's like the opposite of Mr. Rogers. I don't want to be your neighbor. Where did Mr. Rogers come from here? Are they all talking about the Mr. Rogers documentary? Because I hear yeah, it's that's really prob- good. Yeah, that's probably what it was. That's probably the big, like, chatter around the lunch table <laughs> in Bachelor in Paradise. They're like, what about Mr. Rogers, right? He really changed the game in children's television back in the day. Brought By back the end. television for children. <laughs> and somehow Jordan concludes that he's actually Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Which is upsetting. He also brought back television for children. Yeah. yeah. Because Mr. Rogers did something, Jordan has done nothing, and David has done nothing, and Jordan has done something, and therefore he is Mr. Rogers. It's It's tight logic. (laughs) (laughs) What's your question? Uh, (laughs) I have no questions. I love it. Um, And he insists on leaving the palapa with Jenna because it smells like a chicken. It smells like a chicken in here. That's a pretty weak one, I thought, from Jordan. But he's done better. Jenna is amused by everything he says or anything anyone says, quite honestly. It was reminding me of when Jordan said he was a golden retriever to Becca, and they both are very golden retrieverish together in a cute way. They're both like little bouncy puppy golden babies. <laughs> it's so true. Um, and then we see some uh, some other conversations that are happening. Eric is trying to get with Angela. They make out. They make out. He's like, home run, baby. I hit a home run. <laughs> Dances. And then okay. Caroline, Caroline Lenny from uh, Ari season arrives. Walks right in. And she's so nervous. I know. I really, I felt for her. I really did. I have never seen someone come into Paradise and have their first bathroom break um, televised. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that they all have to go to the bathroom at some point, but they were really like, let's show Carolyn being like, I have to go to the bathroom. Where is it? And that's definitely would be my entrance on the show. <laughs> I felt for her so hard on this. 
it's a she, new atmosphere. She's yeah. coming in alone. She has this date card. She's like, wait, where where is everything? Where am I supposed to go? I'm doing so badly. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely been so in nervous. a hotel for several days sitting there waiting to be like beckoned out and I think it's down. like the Kentucky Derby. They like keep them in the the, the starting gate stall. Mm-hmm. And then they're finally like, go, go, go. And she's like, I've just been standing here, you know. Gotta go. Gotta go. Um, so she, I mean, she does seem nervous right from the beginning. She is like, oh, David, I met you. I don't have to talk to you. You guys seem like you're like a thing. Whatever. It's fine. I'm going to go find someone to talk to. And they're like, oh, my God. Um, and she finally goes and pulls Joe. Um, leaves him to go to the bathroom. It seems like he thinks she's coming back and she thinks they're done talking. Well, they, they do a nice editing job to make it seem like Joe is just <laughs> sitting there for the rest of the night and yeah. has not moved and has not figured out that she ha- isn't coming well, back. Then they keep having clips of other people being like, has anyone seen Joe? <laughs> I was like, this is fun in the editing room right here. I, I, love, I love that when they do that kind of stuff on BIP. I think it's entirely possible that there was some lack of clarity about whether she was coming back or whether they were done talking, and they just really played it up. Yeah, I agree that that existed. I don't think he was sitting there for hours on end. <laughs> for weeks. Yeah. He never, never saw him together. Kendall found his like skeletal remains later and she was like this is what I really wanted no. anyway <laughs> oh hey. yeah wow. so I'm gonna play my finally, his skeleton forever Caroline finally kind of chills the fuck out once she starts talking to John meanwhile uh, Bibby is sort of talking to to Jordan about Caroline in front of uh, in front of the group and he's like I'm not her cup of tea and Bibby's like you're my cup of tea Bibby's just the house flirt and he says no Caroline is like beautiful but she gives me stepmom vibes like I don't want to undress in front of her because I don't know what could happen I don't want her to come crawl into my bunk bed in a kimono nothing else on like I made you a pizza if that is your association with stepmothers that is he has watched so much stepmom porn it's like I'm like have you met a real stepmom like that is your life that is not normal behavior. No. <laughs> it's like I've heard of stepmoms, but mainly from pornography, for sure. In the kimono. <laughs> um, also, why are you watching stepmom porn if you're not into the vibe? Like, that's, that's my true. other question. He's more I'm really into my... David's mom. <laughs> Different. More into moms, yeah. specifically. Um, so he, John was, like, into Caroline at first. He she was someone that he thought was really pretty. Um, he's really nervous to meet her. Um, he offers her his seltzer, and he's like, well, as long as you don't have cooties. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, I'll risk it this time. It's cute. Yeah, I wrote, oh, my God, these so dorks. Yeah. I was I was into them. I know. They were very sweet. It yeah. was really, to me, like a seventh grade like playground vibe of like cooties no we're over cooties now we're so mature I but we're it. still gonna talk about it that like adorable little banter that you have with someone when you're clicking right away there's it's such a satisfying feeling it i enjoyed watching it a little it. nervous to watch them or i feel like when he made the cooties comment she, she clearly didn't really have cooties but then she was like oh i don't know <laughs> i mean what are you gonna say no one has cooties yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not an actual thing. Real. Like, Priscilla's like, real. wait, what? I've been giving myself a cootie shot every day. That explains so much about her daily habits. Circle, circle, I don't need to wash my hands. Yeah, I just... 
the cootie shot is all you need. Hand washing has nothing to do with cooties. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think you can catch cooties from a uh, from sharing a drink. It's like, very scientific. That was, that was never my understanding. Um, so she asked John out, and it's basically like usually I go for Canadians and jocks. So I'm going against type specifically this time. Canadian jocks. So Probably. Kevin. I know, but Kevin um, was not available. Right. Kevin was mm-hmm. like, I have a lady. But they, Caroline seems genuinely into John. He really puts her at ease. She was so nervous, and every you could just see her relax mm-hmm. when they yeah. were together. Um, but they do have a really fun— <laughs> the, This is, like, the magic of editing, too. We have no idea what most of their conversation was like, but they only show the section where she can't answer a single question he asks her or listen to anything he's animals saying. Animals keep running by. And she keeps getting distracted <laughs> by the animals, which is, I think, normal. It's yeah. Nor- they were like, uh, these animals were just running by <laughs> everywhere around them. There was like a, a kitten and then there was a puppy and the, like there was a frog there at one point. chasing a, a frog. frog. Yeah. How could you not look? <laughs> I would get That's very distracted. That's what the show should be about. <laughs> Planet Earth, Bachelor of Paradise. <laughs> I know. You know, Bachelor of Paradise is, it has a little bit of a, a wildlife element. Yeah. A lot of they, crabs. Yeah. Lot they of crabs. love to use the crabs as a character. We've had raccoons. At one point, I think Astrid is first hooking up with Kevin and a little lizard runs on to her. Oh, Oh, right. They're really one with the elements (laughs) here in Sayulita. They're just (sighs) taking the nature in. And and Caroline and and John start naming the animals. Sheila. Sheila's the cat. The dog is Freddy. As we all know, dogs are boys and cats are girls. This is just science. It's biology. and uh, they dance to a mariachi band. Um, they talk about how amazing the results of the paradise dating process are. They both believe in it. Yeah. Uh, and John says he needs a woman who keeps him, him grounded because he's a hopeless romantic. But also, but also very- analytical. <laughs> I related to that. <laughs> Those things can go together. <laughs> in um, you and in John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and you need someone who is neither of those things, really, to, to ground you. Someone who hates love. <laughs> and, and critical thinking. And yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so in the morning, I noticed Caroline is talking to Crystal about how amazing their date was. Didn't Caroline and Crystal have, like, beef on the show? I think everyone has just squashed their beef with Crystal, pretty much. Apparently. They had, like, major beef. Like... Shouting at each other. I feel like if Crystal has managed to hang out with both Tia and uh, Kendall at this point, mm-hmm. her beef with Caroline was so tertiary to all the other right. beef. But like for Caroline, I feel like her beefs were the main thing that she had. <laughs> so I thought maybe it would show up more. But no, she like very quickly is like Caroline and I are or Crystal and I are cool now. Um, Crystal is definitely, I think, flourishing in this multi-guy setup where Much she doesn't need to fight for the attention of a single man. Um, and She's a comes, hot commodity. She is. Yeah. Um, but she also doesn't have to be in every other girl's relationship because mm-hmm. she's not necessarily sharing the guy with them. So she's like, you do your thing. And here comes Jubilee. Jubilee is into smart, nerdy guys. So we know that they have sent her in to throw a wrench in this John Caroline thing. This is what they do. The production is very intentional about things like this. It's it's like when we saw Wells go on three dates in a row. Mm-hmm. John is the new Wells. 
And it's funny because you also see it get in the heads of the other guys. And it's like, no one's into me. John is getting all the dates. And it's like, well, I'm sure there are people out there who are into you as well. But they are not sending those people in right now for a reason. Um, And she pulls Kevin first and she's like, so are you seeing anyone? And he's like, yeah, I made a connection with Astrid. And she's like, Ashley? And he's like, Astrid. Astrid. Ashley? No, Astrid. <laughs> Poor Kevin's like, twist the knife a little harder into my heart. Um, and she does end up asking John on the date. And they have a, another great date. Yeah. So cute. It was just whiplash for me emotionally because I was very into John and Caroline. And then I was very into John and Jubilee. Yeah. It was a lot to take in. They have a great conversation about not fitting in with other contestants because of their race and like I their profile. Loved that this was spoken about pretty openly. And I mean, it was, you know, one line, of course, we we want to see these things discussed so much more, but it was really, really refreshing to see two contestants of color speak about this together and kind of bond over it. And also just for the show to highlight that and acknowledge its own kind of overwhelming whiteness. I yeah. appreciated that. It would have been easy to edit that out. So I'm glad that they didn't. Um, who knows what they did edit out, you know, could have gotten a lot more in depth. They also talk um, about her history in the military as a programmer. Yeah, they talked about jobs. Yeah. And Has I that forgot, ever happened? I forgot that she was a cellist. These are all things that are coming back to me from her time on Ben season, but yeah, Jubilee's totally brilliant. Yeah, she so she finds out he's a software engineer, and uh, she's like, "Well, I worked with um, radio and computers in the military," and they talk about the differences and the kinds of systems they worked software with versus hardware. Right? It's like I've never not understood <laughs> yeah. a conversation on the show before. <laughs> What's happening? They just step their game up a little bit, and we're all like. I'm sorry, you've lost us. We don't understand what's happening. Um, could you talk maybe about whether you really want to come out of this with a relationship? Um, and uh, John also addresses the fact that he feels like people make assumptions about him based on how much money he has, which mm-hmm. was also interesting. Yeah, he shares that he was the designer of the iPhone uh, Venmo app, and she's like, whoa. Why Understandably, are, why are you here? That, <laughs> the, that is a really fair question. And I felt like she was breaking the fourth wall. Like she was like, "For real? Let's just pause the state for she a second. She was just why so taken aback. She's like, "Wait, you're not a personal trainer? What's what happening?" Are you doing? Um, I also love that Jubilee uh, is like, people don't think I'm a nerd, but I was in orchestra until sophomore year of high school. I know. I did laugh at that. <laughs> I died. I was like, Jubilee, I'm sure is uh, very smart and very accomplished, but being in orchestra until sophomore year does not a huge fucking nerd make. I'm sorry. Most people were in orchestra or band at least through middle school. So yeah, making it an extra two years is... Not I'm cute. super impressed. <laughs> um, and uh, meanwhile, Kenny, uh, back in the house, has set up a little picnic for Crystal so that he can tell her how she feel, how he feels, get to know her a little bit better. He draws a heart in the sand, sets out candles, lays out blankets, and he says, you know, thank you for the rose. I want to get to know you better. I'm just I'm a romantic when I feel like it, like with the right person. And she's like, thank you for doing all this. But no. Again, another pretty direct conversation, though. Mm-hmm. And kind I of a change for her. Yeah. I think she just realized I, I like this person, but I don't feel super romantically connected. I mean, you could see her face 
while he's doing this gesture, kind of processing. And she keeps saying these general things like, women really appreciate that. I really appreciate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're such a great person. But she never says, I'm so into you. And so I kind of guess that this was coming. Uh, But yeah, she even says, like, this means I might not get a rose, but I'm not going to, like, pretend to be into you, essentially, for a rose. I thought that was Yeah, it was nice where she's like, there's all these hot babes around. Go for it. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, there are. Especially because she's on the chopping block this right, week. Exactly. And it would be easy for her to, like, nod and smile through that conversation yeah. and keep him on the hook. And instead she's like, definitely, I saved you for the week. Definitely date around. And because I'm not necessarily feeling it. Um, Kenny isn't thrilled that he's getting, quote unquote, friend zoned. Yeah, he's like, knows. I drew this whole heart. <laughs> <I know. laughs> We're in a heart made of candles I that mean, I look, drew. We're... And this is why I don't do huge romantic <laughs> gestures like this that definitely took at least 30 seconds of effort. <laughs> yeah, also, you the first side of the heart. The other you're, side of the heart. You're on a beach. You're on a beach with nothing to do except drink, eat, and do romantic gestures. Yeah. yeah. That and the producers probably do for you. <laughs> it's like, could you get me blankets and a bunch of candles and I'll bring my finger <laughs> to draw the heart with. We're good. Um, uh, meanwhile, uh, Chris is reassuring Tia that he's not interested in other girls. Don't worry about them. Be confident. I know what I want. I don't want to be distracted. Someone can, can come with a day card doesn't mean anything because I'm into you, Tia. I want to fall in love with you, Tia. And then we have Kenny and Eric Talking about the cheese. Yeah, what? <laughs> the cheese leaves. It comes back. You follow it. Does it come back? Where's the cheese? Follow the cheese. There are people who follow the cheese, and there are people who wait for the cheese. And those are really the, the two kinds of people in life. What the are you as yeah. it were. I don't know. I don't think I understand this metaphor well enough. I'm going to be honest. I think that I am the person who waits for the cheese. And that's just, I mean... I don't know if you guys know or do what I you are, but the maybe cheese in desperation. <laughs> well, I think the idea is the cheese is like love and affection, and the lab rats are getting delivered this cheese in the same little shoot every day for a long time, and that's like the shoot is like a person, and then one day they start delivering the cheese through a different shoot, but some rats keep going back to that first shoot for the love and affection, but they're no longer getting the love and affection from that shoot or person. Am I, so, you're doing great. So then, you know, but other smarter rats are like, there's no more love and affection coming from this person or shoot. Um, I'm going to go find the cheese or love and affection from a place where it is being delivered. Oh, no, I, I think I wait for the cheese, too. Yeah, I'm it's definitely a, a cheese quality, waiter. But I think I'm a cheese waiter as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really cannibalizing another mouse to steal their cheese. <laughs> it's a third option, yeah. and I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so ultimately... You do great in Paradise, actually. <laughs> no survivors. <laughs> Paradise is just people madly dashing around <laughs> looking for cheese and then alternately devouring each other. Did they much. decide are they they're people who look for the cheese? They're saying they should be people who look for the cheese because the cheese very rarely comes back to the same spot. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No, Crystal's not coming back to Kenny. Love, no. A true a true cheese <laughs> fantasy <laughs> would be the same spot. Like you could only really have a sustainable future if you know that you have Right. One solid cheese shoot for life. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Like, you don't want to spend your life 
chasing the cheese. You want to find a shoot that reliably delivers the cheese exactly. forever. Like Jaden Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> or Carly and Evan. Yeah. Um, and eventually, you know, you have enough cheese and you got a little cheese baby. You know? It's exactly how <laughs> Tag it works. Tag yourself in this situation. <laughs> well, we've covered the most important issues from this episode now. Um, but anyway, speaking of the cheese moving around, Crystal decides to make a play for Chris. Again, very direct. I'm enjoying this this Crystal. Just, yeah. hey, thought we had a nice conversation. I'm curious to see if there's a connection here. So Chris uh, tells Crystal he's never kissed a blonde. Oh, my oh. God. That we taste different, I for sure. I really started to feel nauseous watching Chris. Oh, the rest of the episode, I was just nauseated by him. Oh, it was grotesque. She's like, oh, well, thank you. And he's like, it's I'm, not even a compliment. It's not. She's like, You're I've never kissed a blonde. So thank you so much for the compliment. <laughs> it's just a fact. It's not yeah. even related to you. Yeah. Um, it's all, almost a neg, which is like, I'm not into blondes. Like, it almost seems like the opposite of a compliment to me. But then yeah, he's like, like, I'll do you the honor of. He wants to give her the that. First give award. her the title. It's disgusting. The title of the first blonde to kiss Chris. But they, they do, in fact, make the out. Goose. Yes. Uh, and then apparently Chris wakes up and just tells everyone about it. Except Tia. Except Tia. He does not tell Tia. Then this really is a, this a very move. smart tactical <laughs> move. Yeah. <laughs> it's just astonishing, like, how much of a douche he is. <laughs> Like there are so many ways he could have avoided being the level of douche that he was. Yeah, I mean to have Tia interested in him is such a score. He should just lay I low. Know. Think is, his lucky stars. They could have probably been together. I mean, Tia. I want so much better for Tia. Me too. Yeah, Same. and like also, also if he's like, I don't want to be second choice. Crystal's pursuing me, and I feel like you're just like. Using me or whatever. He could say that. Instead, he goes after Crystal, brags about his creepy fucking pickup line to all the guys, and doesn't doesn't tell Tia what's going on. He seems to have zero plans to ever tell Tia. Like, what does he think is going to happen? And then he starts to add more girls to the lineup. More girls to the lineup. That have shown no interest in him. (laughs) He really, like, it goes right to his head as soon as a woman shows interest in him. He's like... I'm the goose. I'm hot shit. Like women want to throws on his bandana. Women want a bite of this goose. And then Jordan launches into a horrifying metaphor where various women are different courses of a meal. They're going to make paradise history. The main dish. (laughs) Annalise is just an appetizer. Bibiana is drinks and dessert. Carrot cake specifically. What was Tia? What was Tia? She was the late night palapa. And Jordan's like, oh, it's like you had a great night. You went out. You got some drinks. You had dinner. And then you get home and your ex is standing at the door and you have to talk to her. (laughs) So she's already been relegated to a post-meal ordeal that he has to deal deal with after his fun night of treating women like food. Annalise and Bibby (laughs) also have... Never like, indicated that they are interested right. in it's Chris actually, at all. They haven't broken up, so it's really more like you went out for a big night of dates with a bunch of women, and you get home, and oh, your, your girlfriend, girlfriend is standing there, and you have to like so deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, Chris is like, the goose doesn't know what direction he's going to fly tonight, and Jordan says it doesn't matter because it's the Southern Hemisphere, which is deeply ge- geographically <laughs> uninformed. Oh, Mexico is not in the Southern Hemisphere. I missed that line. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And also, I don't see how that would affect whether the goose needs to fly no, a certain there's, direction. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. 
Meanwhile, I guess this information has gotten back to Colton, probably because Chris is literally bragging about it to everyone. Except Colton and Tia. Except Colton and Tia, but I think Kevin tells Colton. And Colton does seem to still genuinely care about Tia. So, and he looks sort of stricken by this news. Yeah. He's like, okay, I guess I have to sit her down and let her know. And he he does. Yeah. I think Colton has this thing where he uh, smiles nervously that makes him look like he's being a huge douche while he's doing this. But I did, I really did feel like he genuinely was like, she should know. Because Colton was very honest with her. So, like, there's no reason to think that he's being hypocritical about it. No. And Chris is just such a bad guy. And he's been so shitty to Colton. And, yeah, I feel like it must have felt good to— he was feeding Tia so much bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Like, saying very intense things. She even says, look, I'm nervous about this. I'm anxious about this. I'm having doubts. I am worried that this will happen. He's like, never. I want you yeah. only. Shh, I don't shh, want shh. to get distracted by trying to hook up with four women in one night on this show. And you will be <laughs> no, an appetizer. One is an encourse. One is Consume them in their entirety. Um, I really, like, I've never seen someone turn quite that much on a dime. Even on this show, which is all about. Which is all about turning on a dime. Turning on a dime. Quick changes. Things change so quickly in paradise. So as we leave it. Chris uh, is still planning his big night of dining out on women. And <laughs> Gross. I, I almost prefer it in the metaphorical sense in this case, because I don't want to think of him ever getting to do that. Um, and Tia is like, it's time to cook the goose. She walks up to him Good as he her. sits with Jordan and Jordan's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like what did you think was going to happen you guys basically you, live together right, you're walking down the beach yelling about how you hooked up with crystal yeah. <laughs> um so i can't wait to see how that plays out um but you know chris has got a lot of ladies on the line a lot of interest a lot of ladies who have his attention a lot of ladies he wants to just take a big old bite out of and so maybe he'll be around for a while. I don't know. I think he might have some more life left in him. Him and Crystal are kind of a good match, I guess. Well, I find them both kind of skin crawly. A- agreed. But Crystal has been better... handling herself well. Yeah, so... Crystal has been. Chris has not. But I do still think they're a better match than Tia and Chris, which, who make yes. no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad for, for Tia. I think people in Bachelor Nation are very quick to turn on the women. And Tia has been, I think, doing her best. Like, honestly, I don't think she's done anything egregious. Yeah, Mm-mm. and and I would like to see people be a little more circumspect about like hating people and then deciding that actually they love them. It's exhausting. I think Becca Martinez tweeted something last night about how, like, on Paradise, you know, the first night of the week, people will be like, this person needs to die. And then the next night they'll be sending them Venmo, like, for drinks. Like, we just can't make up our minds. I'm trying trying to be circumspect, but I really hate Chris. I'm sorry. Um, I just do. I'm never going to Venmo him money for drinks. The one thing I've ever seen him handle well was his um, mental all. Yes. Turn mm-hmm. and and when he wrote that beautiful song with Becca on the one-on-one. <laughs> no, I still hated him then. I I just don't like him. I'm just kidding. I didn't think that was a good song at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's no songwriting talent. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's going to be a dramatic week next week, and uh, 
Can't wait. Thanks so much for joining us, Priscilla. Thank you guys for having me. This was a dream come true. <laughs> oh, well, we are so glad that you could be here. Now it's time for Feminism Fails. And there were there were quite a few this week. And really intense ones, <laughs> I would say. I agree. First, Jordan compares Caroline to a stepmom, presumably in porn. Uh, women aren't porn archetypes, Jordan. We're going to give that one a two. Yeah. Starting easy. That one's just funny. It's a warm up. <laughs> and then Chris uh, says that Colton, you know, being a virgin is emotional. I think we've well established why that's a problem. Please stop talking about Colton being a virgin. Stop. We're going to give that a three. And then, of course, Chris and Jordan disgustingly describe women as various food courses. That is a five. Women are not appetizers or main courses or any form of food or object. Also, Chris and Jordan, you're repulsive. (laughs) But let's not forget Nick apparently grabbing a big old handful of somewhere Chelsea did not want him to grab her, which uh, obviously is a five. Do not touch women where they do not want to be touched without their consent. Thank you very much. Goodbye, Nick. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Priscilla Frank, and of course, our producer, Sarah Patterson. Nick is on vacation this week. Yeah, good for Nick. So do you love Here to Make Friends? Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to subscribe and give us a rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can like us there. And you can find us both on Twitter and Instagram individually. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can always send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for so much more Paradise. You're probably already familiar with Vogue, you know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue. Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher. Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.